Welcome to Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. Here's to Your Health discusses the current thinking and wellness, bringing you the most influential thinkers in beauty, fitness, and longevity. Your host, Joshua Lane, was part of the Dr. Ann Wigmore team that helped bring wheatgrass, sprouts, and raw foods to a worldwide audience. And now the host of Here's to Your Health, Joshua Lane. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. The discussion of uh, microbiome uh, and the importance of the microbiome to our good health has been popular now for the past, oh, say, 10 or so years, maybe a little slightly longer. But uh, my guest with Bioseed and Botanicals, Bioseed and Botanicals has been working on gut biome issues since the late 1980s. And our guest today is Jocelyn Strand. Uh, Dr. Strand is a naturopathic physician working with Bioseed and Botanicals. Uh, Dr. Strand, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy to have you on the show. Now, uh, for the listeners of Here's to Your Health, uh, let's try to get some definitions first. So what exactly is the microbiome? So, so the microbiome is the sort of the milieu of microorganisms that live in, in any area of the body. And it can be uh, in the gut is, is our primary source or reservoir of my microbes or microorganisms. And so that's the one that tends to get focused on the most is the gastrointestinal microbiome. But we do have a microbiome. So that is sort of the constellation of microorganisms that grow. Um, we have that in our mouth, in our ears, on our skin, um, in the genital urinary tract. Uh, so all over the body, there are different microbial niche that can be uh, they're, they're different. They differ from one another, and they can also be used sort of therapeutically to maximize health in that area. All righty. And so now at this point, the discussion of microbiome is is reasonably, well, it's scientifically based, but it's becoming increasingly popular. But the term dysbiosis is a term that is not well known. How does uh, bioseed and botanicals work with dysbiosis? Right. I, I agree with you that it's it's amazing to watch over the course of the last 15 years or so how how the microbiome has become really center stage in a lot of ways as a conversation that started in, of course, in the scientific community is now being more, we talk more about it on the conversational level. It's more mainstream at this point. Um, but dysbiosis, so that, that it, it talks, it, dysbiosis identifies the unbalanced growth of flora. So if the microorganisms that exist on the body, the microbiome is, it defines the microbiome, there are beneficial microorganisms. So ones that have help us with attaining and um, maintaining health. And there are, there are commensals, which are, at least for now, we think don't have a big impact. They sort of just coexist with us. And then there are pathogens or harmful organisms that will contribute to things like inflammation um, and uh, in a lot of different ways. So it's a very complex system, but dysbiosis means that those sort of pathogenic or even opportunistic, so organisms that wouldn't typically be negative can become sort of <clears throat> overgrow and get out of balance and can start to produce uh, metabolites and problems basically in the body that can result in either like sort of localized where they exist uh, inflammation or or unhealth, or it can also become a systemic issue and contribute to things like cardiovascular disease or brain uh, health or mood, joint pain, all sorts of different things, right? So the microbiome we're, we're finding has a much broader influence than we originally realized. Alrighty. Uh, for those of you just joining the show, our guest is Jocelyn Strand, and Dr. Strand is a naturopathic physician working with uh, Bioseed and Botanicals. Now, 
In preparation for the show, I noticed that you seem to be a big fan of spore-based probiotics, which seems really to be kind of cutting-edge technology because it just seems that the spore probiotics potentially work better than the ones that we've been using the past number of years. Am I correct in saying that? Well, I think they work differently, right? And so they have a, they have a different uh, different you you'd select them therapeutically for a different reason from what you might select something like lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. They do have a therapeutic effect that's been shown in research for for certain things. What we work with is uh, bacillus, different strains of what's called bacillus species, which you're right, are spore forming, and they have different research as what's called a keystone species, which means that they are a placeholder for to increase the diversity of other microorganisms in the gut. They sort of set the stage for a healthy microbial balance in the gastrointestinal tract. And there is good research on supporting cardiovascular disease, reducing um, respiratory illness, that sort of thing with bacillus strains. Uh, but as a general sort of overarching way of thinking about spore-forming microorganisms, I, I would think about them as something that sets the stage for a health diversity is most is one of the most important things. So meaning that there are a lot of different microorganisms, healthy microorganisms existing in the gastrointestinal tract at the same time. Things like bacillus, subtilis coagulans, and clausii are the ones that are in our uh, spore-forming micro uh, probiotic. Those things set the stage again. So that as that keystone species, they'll help other things like lactobacillus, Bacalibacterium, other beneficial microorganisms to proliferate and diversify and, and coexist in the gastrointestinal tract. So it's a sort of a different, more of like a daily foundational supplement uh, than some of the others may be used therapeutically. I know, and, and bacillus can be used therapeutically as well, but that's kind of how I think about it. Hi, our guest is Jocelyn Strand, a uh, naturopath with Biocid and Botanicals. So that uh, spore-based probiotic we're chatting about, the Proflora uh, 4R, you recommend one a day on an ongoing basis? Is that the recommendation? Yes, so that's a daily, exactly as you're saying. And in, in addition to the microorganisms, so the spore-based uh, microbiota, another benefit of those is that they, uh, they you, need, you can take them at a much smaller dose and they, they survive through the... Uh, stomach acid in a better, in more easily, the more readily than some of the other non-spore forming microorganisms do. Um, so that's why you can do a smaller dose. And that allows us to add aloe, quercetin, and marshmallow root, which help to heal the tight junctions in the lining of the gastrointestinal tract and keep inflammation down in the lining of the gut as well. So just a nice combination. It's, it's more than just probiotics in that supplement. It's a really nice one a day sort of maintenance and you can you could also increase the dose if people have other other um, symptoms going on. Dr. Strain, when people use the spore-based probiotics that you recommend, the Proflora 4R, uh, does it do they have better digestion? They have less problems with gas. They have better bowel movements. I mean, what exactly? What what what, what benefits do we see? Well, so as a supplement company, we're not allowed to make any claims except oh. for on published okay. research that we've okay. done, and so I can tell you that it will support healthy uh, microbial diversity, and that has been shown to support healthy digestion. Uh, and to, I mean, it helps in a, in a, I'll give you an example of something that, what, something that the research shows, which is that when we have uh, an increase, bacillus has been shown to increase something called acromancia, which is another keystone species. That's a placeholder for another microorganism that produces anti-inflammatory compounds in the gastrointestinal tract something called butyrate. So that's a short chain fatty acid 
So when we have beneficial microorganisms and a beneficial balance in the gastrointestinal tract, we're talking long-term effects of reducing sort of daily levels of inflammation, of daily levels of uh, toxic metabolites. But so that's where what we're what we're after when we say daily use, it means that we're really setting the stage almost like how you would use food as medicine to prepare the gut for and to create the ideal milieu in the gastrointestinal tract to benefit systemic health as well. Alrighty. All right. That, that was a, that was a very, thank you. It was a, that was a very good answer. And uh, so that brings me to the question of uh, chatting about the gut. What is the gut liver axis? Well, this is an interesting thing. You know, when we when as a practitioner, when we go into practice, uh, a lot of what we do is observe, right? Observation. The more patients we see, the more things that we try, the more we're able to sort of elucidate patterns in in how people heal what what tends tends to be useful and most helpful for practitioners. And one of the things we learn about as functional medicine practitioners right away is detoxification. Everybody needs to detox. We're living in a toxic world. Like we, we will hear that over and over again. And I sort of organically fell upon working with the microbiome with detoxification as part of the detoxification strategy. And at the time, I didn't understand the gut liver axis. Now I'm in a position where I get to do reading and research, and which is really exciting and fun for me because I'm a total geek, um, but is to understand that the, the gut and the liver influence one another. The gut being, the, in particular, gastrointestinal function, the mechanical function of the gut, but also the microorganisms that are growing in the gut. And I'll, I'll try to make this as succinct as I can, but the way I would think about it is when we have dysbiosis, we have the overproduction of metabolites that are very toxic in the body. In fact, so toxic that they um, are the, the single most immune react, immunoreactive substance that we know of in, in the human body, right? So this is called lipopolysaccharide or LPS produced by gram-negative bacteria, pathogenic gram-negative bacteria. If, when, that, when we get overgrowth in that, that goes directly, all of the blood flow in the gut goes first thing to the liver for the liver to process it. And if you have this high levels of these toxins, that will influence our body, our, our liver's ability to detoxify other things that it's supposed to be doing. Uh, and it, it's very pronounced in, an example would be that uh, this is in rat research. If a rat did, it gets just ethanol, so alcohol. So if we give just alcohol to a rat, uh, and you sterilize their gut, so there's no microorganisms there, they'll start to get uh, alcoholic fatty liver disease. So it does cause some problems for the liver, but it's not life-threatening. But when you add in these lipopolysaccharides or these metabolites produced by microorganisms in the gut, gram-negative gram organisms in the gut, it causes something called hepatonecrosis. It actually destroys the liver cells. Um, and that's because it's so toxic, what's coming from these microorganisms, that it in, impairs the body's ability, the, the liver's ability to do adequate detoxification. So the flip side is also true. When we have, when we have good liver function, we release bile um, from the gallbladder. And that actually suppresses the growth of these gram-negative bacteria and other pathogens in the small intestine. So that it becomes this cycle so that if for some reason uh, our release of bile, which is actually, this is a very common symptom today, but if we have low bile production and release, then we'll start to get overgrowth of these bacteria in the small intestine and increase in the metabolites, these toxic metabolites, then go to the liver and create more problem for the liver. And so it can become, it's a bi-directional pathway. Anytime you hear axis, it means they're influencing one another. 
Um, those bugs in the gut also take bile and produce secondary metabolites, secondary bile acids, which are very toxic. So it becomes this sort of feed forward cycle. And really the way to work with it is to maximize the balance of the microorganisms in the gastrointestinal tract. So that's the, that's the kind of the takeaway is that when I started working with patients and adding in microbial cleanse, then I would also see a much a more significant benefit to patients doing detoxification than if I left the microbial balance part out of the equation, out of the prescription. Wow. Wow. Our, our guest is uh, Jocelyn Strand, uh, a naturopath with Biocedin Botanicals, uh, chatting about uh, their formulations. And Biocedin has been around since uh, late 1980s, and uh, you know, which is actually a long time ago in the wellness profession with some great formulations. Uh, Jocelyn, we have a few minutes left. I, I have a question for you. <clears throat> uh, how do the botanicals that you use in Biocedin Botanicals help support detoxification? Uh, that's a that's a really great question, and it, it's a something again that I've witnessed in my practice is that when you, you you can use botanicals, so they've been around on the planet for way longer than we have, and we our bodies know how to interact with and identify uh, the the molecules or the metabolites that are in the the plants, right? So we're basically borrowing their immune system when we use botanicals when we lean on botanicals, and they do have an antimicrobial effect selective antimicrobial, so they don't wipe out all the beneficial microorganisms. They tend to be able to, uh, a number of different ways. This is the beauty of botanicals, right? They're antimicrobial and that doesn't, that's not just bacteria, but also fungal, um, viral. These, these uh, plant molecules are, or constituents are, are very beneficial as antimicrobials, but also breaking down something called biofilm, which is kind of uh, an invisibility cloak that microorganisms hide behind. So you have, but you have to address that for any kind of extended healing effect. Um, they're also antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, um, immuno immunomodulatory, meaning that they work with our body's own immune system. And so they have these multiple layers of effect that results in a synergy that allows, again, the, the body's ability to help reestablish balance. And in particular with biocidin, uh, in the microbiome, it, it, what we've been able to show with some pilot research is that it actually does increase the beneficials, just the biocidin, these antimicrobials in the small study that we did, and it's not published research, but so I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but we do a, a lot of research as a company. Uh, and what we were able to establish is that for most people, it actually increased the, the beneficial microorganisms to use plants as opposed to something that would come, might come in, a pharmaceutical might come in and wipe out sort of unilateral an entire uh, category of microorganisms. This didn't have that effect. Um, and in fact, like I said, increased it. So it's, it's nice to, it's, I have a lot of reverence for botanicals. I, I think, you know, that they're here as a gift for us and to watch them have the effect that they do in practice is pretty dramatic. And it's actually why I'm in the position that I am is because of what I saw in my own practice using botanicals. Dr. Strand, we have a minute left. Uh, please tell listeners of Here's to Health how the Bioseed and Botanicals, how you can uh, find out more information about your good work and Bioseed and Botanicals. Uh, well, we have a great website with a lot of nice content, a blog, and, and uh, that's biocidin.com, B-I-O-C-I-D-I-N.com. And so you'll, you'll find some information there. And anytime that you look online, you'll start to see, uh, collect some information about Biocidin because it's it's been around like you said it's been around for over 30 years at this point and there's a whole lot of anecdotal 
data there for people to to draw from on on just even on the internet from people talking about it there. Uh, but I would definitely go to the website as well. And uh, you can see there, uh, and we do have a YouTube channel as well. We just launched last week. So you'll start to see that populated more as well, Biocidin on there. Thank you very the much. Thank you. Our guest has been Jocelyn Strand with Biocidin Botanicals, been around since the late 1980s. And they are among the first to work with problems with dysbiosis, uh, quite frankly. And they seem to have some very excellent uh, and time-tested formulations. So I'm very happy they were on the show. Uh, this is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right. Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Aloe Life for beautiful skin, locks in the moisture, plus contains a natural growth factor. Aloe Life is America's premium aloe vera brand, richest in the active ingredients you need to get the full benefit of aloe vera. For healthier looking skin, more beautiful skin from Aloe Life, naturally clear skin, look for Aloe Life. Aloe Life Juice Concentrate and Skin Gel work together, sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. And note, there's a big difference in aloe products. Friends, people ask me, why does Aloe Life Concentrate or tablets support body wellness? And I tell them what Aloe Life products do for my family. Everything, digestion to skin support and healthier energy too. Aloe Life for body wellness support. Go to AlloLife.com or call 1-800-414-ALLOE. Aloe Life, call 800-414-2563. Naturally clear skin, number one in Aloe, Aloe Life. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. Uh, the discussion of uh, the keto-based uh, regime for good health has become very much talked about, and people seem to enjoy it. And the word nootropic uh, is widely used as well these days, uh, a science-based approach to uh, wellness. And uh, my guest is Molly Rucker, and Molly... Uh, has a, co a company, uh, the Keto Brains Nootropic, and Molly is a longtime wellness advocate who works with uh, nutrition as a foundation idea for good health. Molly Rucker, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you so much. Happy to have you on the show. Now, you're a company, Keto Brains Nootropic. Uh, for the listeners of Here's to Your Health, please give us a definition of what keto means to you. So, is actually a, a physiological state whereby the body is using a secondary fuel substrate. 
So if you are not following a ketogenic diet, your body is primarily utilizing glucose as its, its primary tool. To be keto, to be in the ketogenic state, to be fat adapted, is to be tapping into a secondary, um, really our primary evolutionary fuel source, which is a ketone body. So um, keto, keto is a, a physiological state whereby the body is utilizing a fuel substrate than glucose. All righty. And in your opinion, it is better for us to be healthy, to focus more on protein foods, and to avoid processed sugars and processed flours. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, 1,000%. Whether you choose to adhere to a ketogenic diet or not, I think the primary thing all individuals can do as a first step towards optimal health is to remove uh, liquid, liquid sugars, liquid carbohydrates, processed sugars, processed carbohydrates. Um, so yes, 100%, irrespective of your dietary ideology, whether it's, whether it's keto, paleo, carnivore, vegan, a, a first step for all humans is to remove or diminish greatly the consumption of those items. And may I ask, uh, I know that you are an athlete, so how long ago did you adopt the idea that nutrition is an important factor in our good health? Oh, well, for me, for me, it actually starts a long time ago. I was a fat kid and an obese teenager. I had eating disorders between 14 and 24. And at the age of 24, I basically was in this place where I was exasperated with what the heck health was. How could I find it? It was this thing that I just couldn't grasp. So starting 24 years ago now, uh, I personally embarked on a path of, all right, how do I, where do I start? How do I build a foundation of health instead of disorder? And um, that, that started with just uh, whole foods and physical activity at a basic level. And over many years, I dialed that in, in different ways, kind of going more more paleo. You know, um, as a teenager, you know, I was a teenager in the early 90s, that was bad. So I've done no fat. I've done 90% fat. I've done carnivore. I've done vegan. So now what works for me? Um, but as far as the ketogenic diet, I that came to my attention about five years ago. And at that point, I was doing, I wasn't really lifting weights. I wasn't doing CrossFit. I was just doing endurance running and wasn't looking to lose weight. But I was completely entranced by the health benefits, both for now and the future. So for just feeling good now and also for the potential longevity benefits of the physiologic state of ketosis. So... I, I basically was in deep ketosis about four days after my first encounter with the science behind what the ketogenic state could potentially do. All right. So from direct personal experience, and you've experimented for more than 20 years with these ideas of, you know, food is a healing tool. So our guest is Molly Rucker, uh, and Molly founded the Keto Brains Nootropic uh, uh, Company. And uh, so, Molly, what about the word uh, nootropic? I mean, what does that mean exactly? 
a nootropic by definition is a substance that is intended to turn an already well-functioning mind into a better functioning mind. So a nootropic is a, a pharmaceutical or a uh, supplement that can make a brain that's already good better. Um, they'll often be spoken of as smart drugs. I don't like that. I don't <laughs> believe there is such a thing as a smart drug. What I do believe is that there are there are substances, both natural and synthetic, that can help all of us get to a better state of clarity and cognitive function. And that doesn't matter. You can be someone who is currently feeling a deficiency in focus and cognitive ability, and you can be someone who's like, I feel great. There's still a place for a well-formulated nootropic or nootropic stack in the lives of most individuals. Yes, I agree. Our guest is uh, Molly Rucker. Molly's the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropics. Now, Molly, you have a, a creamer uh, which you recommend, and which you also you like to recommend the creamer to be used. It could be used in many things, but yes. you have a uh, a, a uh, coffee, an organic uh, coffee you like to recommend from Peru. So, in the creamer, what are the nootropics that you have found to be valuable that you've added to the creamer? Yes. So uh, the creamer is interesting and confusing for some people because one of the crucial components of the creamer is the creamer base. The creamer base is C8 MCT from coconut and coconut cream powder. The C8 MCT is not only delicious and makes your coffee look as though you would deliciously cream in it, but the C8 MCT is a medium chain triglyceride that does the best job of stimulating your liver's production of ketone bodies which we could argue in of themselves are a nootropic, but we actually have a full nootropic stack of three supplements at uh, correct dosages based on studies to get effects embedded in that base. So we have 300 milligrams of alpha-glycerophosphocholine, um, commonly known as alpha-GPC. This is the best form of choline for crossing the blood-brain barrier to help us make more acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter, the molecule of focus. We also have 500 milligrams of a 30% polysaccharide extract of lion's mane. Lion's mane has so many uh, amazing properties, but the two that we're focusing on for our nootropic are the BDNF-increasing and NGF-increasing properties. BDNF is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and NGF is nerve growth factor. We also have a full 250 milligrams of L-theanine. L-theanine is able to cross the brain barrier to help us make more of our own GABA, which is our calming neurotransmitter, and it's also been shown to bring about a an alpha brainwave state. Uh, brainwave state is a state that we're in when we're in a state of calm focus. Um, think you're, you're doing something you love, a practice you love, playing an instrument, running, you're, you're kind of in a flow state almost when you're in an alpha state. Hmm. So we carefully chose highly efficacious nootropics in the doses necessary for you to feel the product upon first ingestion. Wow. Wow. Our guest is Molly Rucker. Molly is the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropic uh, Company, and as you just heard, has some really good ingredients. Molly, if I'm using uh, your the creamer, how much do I use, and 
do I mix it? Now I mix it. I can mix it in coffee, I guess, or tea. Can I also mix yep. it in vegetable juice? You you absolutely could. So one scoop is one full dose. You mm-hmm. will find in this market there are many creamers. There's a few really popular ones to speak of where you're looking at the the supplement back and you look on the back and it says to use a teaspoon, but you find out you need like five tablespoons to make your coffee creamy. That is the case with this. Um, the creamer comes with a scoop. That scoop is one dose. You add that to your coffee or your tea. You could add it to a smoothie. You could blend it into a vegetable juice if you would like. Uh, many people will also add it to a protein shake. Some will actually mix it into their yogurt. So you can get quite creative with it. Um, we've even got folks who will mix it up with some raw cacao powder. So you end up with kind of a delicious adult hot chocolate. I will do that oftentimes. Um, and it tastes so good. I actually have a number of people who will just eat a spoonful. Ah, wow. And really, yep. from your experience, our guest is Molly Rucker, the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropics uh, Supplements. Uh, so Molly, you have found that for most of the people who use the supplement, that indeed, in just literally one application, they feel they feel it. Correct. Wow. And what, what's interesting is we find like our 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 customer retention rate is very high. And one of the the fun things we have found is that people typically they buy a bag because mm-hmm. it's that thing you look forward to alongside your coffee every morning. Right. And then every once in a while, you get someone who wasn't sure if they felt it but then they two or three days without it and they're like oh man i was feeling that right so i will say you know everyone is in a different state biologically and genetically with regards to how well they utilize and make the choline necessary for a multitude of functions within the body If you are an individual that has a certain set of MTHFR gene mutations whereby utilization of choline is difficult, or you're someone who for one reason or another has followed a low-fat diet, you may feel like this, this may feel like a drug to you because a low choline brain is not a happy brain. So you introduce a high-absorbing, high-functionality form of choline, alpha-GPC in this instance, those individuals in a very low quality are going to feel it even more extremely in the beginning. Oh, that's impressive. Our guest is Molly Rucker. Molly is the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropic uh, Supplement Company. So, Molly, what's the exact name of the creamer that you s- suggest? This is Keto Brains Nootropic Creamer. How can we order the uh, creamer from you? Yep. So, we are ketobrains.com, K E T O. Brains, B-R-A-I-N-Z.com. Guest is Molly Rucker, the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropic. We're talking about her creamer, which she likes. And Molly, uh, when the creamer comes, do we need to keep it in the refrigerator? Nope. You can nope. keep it right on the counter wherever you would like. And literally from your experience working with uh, athletes and friends, you say that most people, most of the time, the first time they use it, they feel it. Correct. Okay, that's really that's really remarkable. Wow, that's agreed. Yeah, it's really remarkable. Molly, once again, tell us how the listeners of Here's to Your Health can purchase the uh, Keto Brains Nootropics, the creamer from you. Ketobrains.com. That's K-E-T-O-B-R-A-I-N-Z.com, and you'll be able to purchase our creamer there. 
And uh, on your website, you have articles about uh, these ideas about keto and paleo and nootropics? Yes. Yeah, many, many articles in our blog about uh, self-optimization, keto, exogenous ketones, all the different nootropics in our product. Um, yes. And Molly, what is the web address there? How do we get there? Um, you just go to uh, www.ketobrainswithaz.com. We just have a minute left. So the organic coffee you recommend, you have found that's just a much better quality coffee than most of the stuff we drink? You know, we just absolutely love this local roaster in Ventura, and we asked if we could do a, an organic roast with them. And they roast it for us basically a week before they pack it, and we start selling it. Oh, that's really so nice and fresh. Yeah, great. Super fresh. It would be a really nice little compliment to our creamer to so, offer Keto Brains coffee. That sounds real good. Thank you very much. Our guest has been Molly Rucker. Molly is the founder of the Keto Brains Nootropics. And they have a very good creamer, uh, which Molly says you get results the first time. It has lion's mane and L-theanine and MCT powder. It sounds like a very good formulation. And Molly recommends an organic uh, coffee, uh, which is from Peru, which she also likes very much. Uh, uh, Molly is a well-known wellness person and uh, a fitness athlete, uh, you know, a real good athlete. And uh, this is Josh Lane. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. And most American diets are low in important omega-3 oils. Omega-3 oils are the vital components of fish that provide numerous health benefits. Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems supply concentrated amounts of these omega-3 oils that are needed to support vision, brain function, and a healthy heart. Each great-tasting Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gem Soft Gel contains 1,250 milligrams of fish oil from deep, cold-water fish. That supplies a full 800 milligrams of omega-3s, all in only one easy-to-swallow soft gel. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence, for they are tested for purity, potency, and freshness by an independent FDA-registered laboratory. Ask for Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems at your favorite natural food retailer today. Friends, take care of your skin using aloe light juice and skin gel. My dry, troubled skin felt better right away. It's my number one choice for beautiful and healthy skin. Using aloe light, aloe juice, skin gel, and lotion starts soothing and renewing dry skin and oily skin on contact. Easy irritations on cracking skin, too. Aloe Life Skin Gel is the best therapy without a prescription. Feeling soft and smooth, balancing, feeling youthful. Use Aloe Life products, including skin gel, sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. Online, find a store near you at aloelife.com or call Aloe Life 1-800-414-ALOE. That's 1-800-414-2563. Look and feel your best with Aloe Life. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? 
criminally insane. Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green and you're listening to The Insane Daryl Wayne. And I said Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. And uh, welcoming back to the show is Mark Matthew Bronstein. Uh, Mark is the author of a number of important books. The one we're going to chat about today is uh, Mindful Marijuana, uh, Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers by Mark Matthew Bronstein. And uh, I've had Mark on a number of times recently because, you know, cannabis is very popular now around the United States, and many states have legalized it, obviously, and there is many discussed health benefits uh, from using cannabis, and uh, people use it for pain, people use it for a lot of things, and it seems to be, uh, you know, a substance that is now here and being used, but the question is, and I think a lot of us might not realize this, how are we ingesting, how are we using the cannabis, and are we using it in an appropriate way? And uh, my guest, Mark Matthew Bronstein, again, whose book is called Mindful Marijuana Smoking, health tips for cannabis smokers, I was just surprised at how good the information was on a subject which I think most of us kind of think, oh yeah, we know that subject. We don't really need any additional information. But I think most of the listeners will find, no, no, they are mistaken, that Mark has some very good health ways to use cannabis. Uh, Mark Matthew Bronstein, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you, Josh. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on the show. And uh, again, you've been doing a, a, a number of these performances for me because it's just, it seems like a very timely subject right now. And uh, so we, last time we were on, we tried to chat about, we're chatting about the ignition system. So what is it about the ignition system that you like to recommend? Okay. Actually, last time we were on, we talked primarily about the different um, pesticides applied to cannabis. This time, yes, I would like to talk just about the ignition system. Yes. Um, In order to make it combust, cannabis smokers do the same thing that tobacco smokers do. We use either lighters or matches. Of course, there are alternative methods you could resort to, magnifying glass, uh, using the burning ember of a twig from a fireplace. But... Um, We all actually use one of the two more modern conveniences, matches and lighters. A typical tobacco smoker lights their cigarette only once. And that's because chemicals have been added to both the tobacco and the rolling paper in order to regulate and enhance the combustion rate. Cannabis smokers, however, you almost always never have such additives on their own cannabis and only infrequently is it added to certain of the papers. So cannabis smokers, when they ignite their joints, usually one time is enough, sometimes a second time because it goes out. 
But pipe smokers usually will ignite their bowl, their bowl of cannabis, several times, even up to 10 times in a typical session. And that's 10 times the amount of ignition than a typical tobacco smoker would expose himself to. And the fumes from matches and lighters are something that in all the scientific studies about the illnesses caused by smoking tobacco and the few studies, comparatively speaking, about the same for cannabis, they never address the matches and the lighters. Okay, so that's why I've taken a different um, viewpoint and I've centered in on just those for our discussion today and devoted an entire chapter to it in the book. Okay, now it's that first toke that we expose ourselves to those fumes from the ignition, all right? And usually thereafter, we're, it's far away from us. We don't have to worry too much about it. But even when people ignite, let's say their joint at arm's length, if you light a match and you smell it, if you're smelling it, then you're breathing it, mm -hmm. okay? The only reason we don't really smell the butane fume from a lighter is because it's such a very, it's a very faint odor, certainly compared to like the gasoline when you pump gas into your car, you certainly smell it if you have to be standing over the pump. But it's very faint and of course it's very minute. Lighters are tiny. When we strike a match, we can resort to one of two types. There's two types. It's the strike anywhere matches, which are those long, thick ones that come in boxes or the so-called safety matches, C certainly safety compared to strike anywhere matches. Strike anywhere matches, usually people don't use them outside of, in, in the home or outside of smoking for marijuana or cannabis. Usually they're used for starting a fireplace or uh, a campfire, okay, when you're out there outdoors camping. Um, the thing that the two types of matches have in common are they all contain potassium, percolates, sulfur, and phosphorus. Potassium in itself is a basically innocuous mineral, but percolates, which most people don't really know about, is an ingredient in missile fuel, explosives, and fireworks. Sulfur is what gives matches that terrible odor, and then phosphorus is highly flammable, you think of phosphorescent bombs, the name itself has phosphorus in it, okay? The difference between the two types of matches is strike anywhere matches have all those four chemicals in the tip. You strike the tip and you're smelling those fumes. But a safety match has the potassium and the percolates only in the match head. The sulfur and the phosphorus are on the strip. So you're not igniting those. So they are indeed safer, okay? Lighters, one, there's two types of lighters, basically. Uh, spark lighters, the ones that you flick, like flick the bick, okay? And torch lighters. And torch lighters also go into the name piezo lighters. Spark lighters are ignited by ferrocerium, which used to be flint. It's now a ferrocerium, which is a toxic mineral. Torch lighters 
are ignited by quartz crystal, which is relatively safe. When you start a lighter spark lighter, you have to flick that flywheel to get that little piece of metal to pulverize and it causes a toxic cloud. It's tiny, but if you have it near your mouth, you're, you're actually inhaling that. Mm. Quartz lighters don't have that ferrocerium. It's a quartz crystal, relatively safe. The difference also between the two is a spark lighter, the flame only goes up like a candle. A torch lighter, you can aim it sideways or down. It's very important when you're using pipes. Okay? What they share in common is butane fuel. Very faint odor, but nevertheless, highly toxic, especially when not combusted. Fortunately, most people would use it, you know, start the butane lighter combusted. But when we were little kids, I have heard of little kids who intentionally use butane lighters without the flame and inhaling the uncombusted fumes to get high. Mm, Highly toxic. Mm. It actually causes fatalities, if not initially, in the long term. Okay. Mm. If wow. you've ever read the warning labels on a lighter, you'd be amazed at the, all the different um, dangers that involved. But the number one that's always says was as says on the warning labels is, do not ignite near face. And yet, that's what everybody does. Right. God. Right. Our, our guest is Mark Matthew Braunstein, uh, author of Mindful Marijuana Smoking, uh, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers. And as you, as a, as you can hear, these, these, are, these are important ideas that you just might not have really thought about, but they are important. Uh, so, Mark, if people are going to be using cannabis because it has health benefits and also people find it to be uh, fun, which is uh, certainly a category, uh, what is, in your opinion, the safe way uh, to use cannabis as far as using matches or not using matches? And what type of pipe should we use? And what, what's the best way to go, in your opinion, based on your research? All right. The best way of igniting a joint would be holding it at arm's length and using a butane lighter, a single flick. Mm -hmm. Okay, Because you have it in one hand, the joint, you have the butane lighter in the other hand. So that's easy. You can't do that with matches. You can't light a match with one hand and hold the joint in the other. You need two hands to light a match, okay? Mm -hmm. So for that reason, the best way of lighting a pipe is a flameless lighter. It's a third variety. I didn't mention it until just now, okay? Flameless lighters, by their name, indeed have no flames, therefore no smoke, therefore almost virtually no fume. Mm -hmm. They're electronic. They go by various names, electronic lighter, plasma lighter, arc lighter, USB lighter. We most commonly call them now USB lighters because that's the way that they're all powered now with the, a battery which is recharged, okay? You can hold a flameless lighter right next to your nose and you will not burn your nose and you won't smell anything. You can't do the same with a match. You can't do the same with lighters, butane lighters, okay? Mm -hmm. So they indeed are the safer way. As I mentioned, a joint you can at least hold at arm's length when you light it, so it's not that crucial to use a flameless lighter, but especially important for pipes. But 
and there's a big but involved. They, they're not recyclable. Once the battery dies, you're left with a useless piece of junk. Mm -hmm. They cost between 15 to $25 each. They do not last longer than several months. Batteries slowly die. So there's a big caveat about that. They are still in early um, technology in its infancy. So I think with time, they'll be perfected. In the meantime, for lighting a pipe, I developed my own technique. Totally not high-tech. A flameless lighter is high-tech. I developed a technique totally low-tech, and that's using candles and toothpicks. Okay? Okay. You have the candle. You can light it with your lighter or your match or your flameless lighter at arm's length. And you use a flat toothpick. Toothpick. There's two types of toothpicks, flat and round. The flat ones ignite better. Using a natural fiber, you use your flat toothpick, you ignite it in the candle flame from arm's length, bring it to your pipe, and then insert that burning toothpick into the pipe. And that's important because when you smoke a pipe, one thing a flameless lighter can't do is stir the contents for you. But you're going to use a little toothpick anyway to stir your contents. It might as well be toothpick that's ignited. Okay? Mm -hmm. So right. the important thing is, is to not smell the ignition system because if you're smelling it, then you're breathing it. Right. And Mark, our guest is Mark Matthew Bronstein, a regular contributor to the show. We're chatting about his book, uh, Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers. Mark, in your opinion, is it safer to use a pipe in general than to, because you mentioned rolling papers are problematic, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, putting the flame close to the face is, could be a problem. So are pipes the safer way to go? Yes, between the two... I advocate pipes. There's several reasons why, you know, you take a pack of rolling papers, you hold it in your hand. Would you really want to hold that in your lungs? Because when you're smoking a joint, you're smoking that rolling paper. Right, right. Granted, it's, it's a very small part of a joint, but nevertheless, it's cumulative. Mm -hmm. The whole pack certainly is something you can feel and hold in your hand. So you're doing away with rolling paper when you smoke a pipe. Even better about a pipe is the length of the stem. The longer the stem, the farther away the bowl is from your mouth, the farther away you're igniting it from your mouth, so you're not breathing the fumes from whatever ignition system you might choose to use. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is I, I keep saying this, but this is great information, Mark. It's it's very basic after you know it. But if you don't know it, I guess you can get into trouble. So if you want to use cannabis uh, safely and successfully, uh, then uh, I think these ideas from Mark Matthew Bronstein are great. Mark, we have about a minute left. How can listeners of Here's to Your Health contact you to find out more about your work, your studies on cannabis, and also on uh, wellness in general? Well, I do have a website, and uh, it's my name which is M-A-R-K, Mark Bronstein, Mark Bronstein, one word. Bronstein is spelled B-R-A-U-N, like the uh, German uh, electronic company, Braun. Uh, 
S-T-E-I-N, markbronstein.org. That's org for organic. That sounds and on really that good. website, you will find a web page devoted just to the book. But also, there's a whole web page of my articles on just about magazine articles about cannabis. Another web page of magazine articles I've written just about medical marijuana. That sounds great. That sounds great. Our guest has been Mark Matthew Bronstein, a regular contributor to the show, author of our new book, Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers, again by Mark Matthew Bronstein. And I'm happy to say the book was published by uh, Roman and Littlefield, and they are, Roman and Littlefield, an important academic press. So I'm very happy Mark's a regular contributor to the show. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. If you have any questions about the guests or topics discussed tonight, please give us a call at 818 707 0005. That number is 818-707-0005. This is Josh Lane. On behalf of the cast and crew, I would like to wish you a healthy and safe good evening.